Welcome to Sunday School Dropouts, the podcast where an ex-Christian and a non-believing sort of Jew read all the way through the Bible for the first time. I'm Nico Bakulich. And I'm Lauren O'Neill. And let's get biblical! Let's do it. Okay. Um, you didn't join me on the song? I'm sorry, I didn't know the tune. I didn't recognize the tune. It's your first demerit of the night, but it's okay. Okay, I, I can make it up to you. I'll do better next time. Thank you. Um... I'm the ex-Christian. I was raised Presbyterian. I taught Sunday school. I sang in the worship band, et cetera, et cetera. I am now an atheist. And I'm the non-believing sort of Jew. And I am reading the New Revised Standard Version of the Bible. And I'm reading the NIV, New International Version. And this is not a Bible study podcast, despite the fact that it sounds like I mean, one. it's like, yeah, it's like whatever. Okay. It's, it's like, like you know. Yeah. It's like kind of a Bible study. It's book. not a Christian Bible study yeah. podcast, though. Uh, and it's definitely not for children because we cuss a bunch. And uh, this episode is going to have like a lot of references to uh, rape and uh, just, just a lot of misogyny. Yeah, gross stuff. So, you know, be prepared. Mm -hmm. Just, you know, gird your loins for that. Uh, it's 11 o'clock. Do you know where your loins are? <laughs> Is that, that what you mean, right? Um, yeah, I was talking about uh, detachable penis. So, uh, a couple fast facts before we get started. Uh, Hosea is the book we're reading. Okay. And it's the first of the 12 minor prophets. Okay. Called minor because the books are short, not because the prophets are supposed to be less holy or whatever. Right. Um, not because they're barely legal teens. Don't, don't bring up barely legal teens on this podcast. <laughs> Uh, in the Jewish Bible, they're all in one book. Okay. And also they're yeah, in a the, different it's order. Called, it's called the Bible. <laughs> they're all in one book of the Bible, the scroll of the 12 minor prophets or something like that. And they're in a different order, but we're reading the Christian Bible. So there are 12 separate books and they're in a weird order that makes no sense. Mm -hmm. Um, so... Our last several episodes have been focused on the Babylonian exile. Mm -hmm. This one is going to take place just before the Assyrian exile, which is basically it's the same type of deal um, in terms of how the Bible like describes it. Mm -hmm. It's um, but it's happening in the northern kingdom of Israel rather than the southern kingdom of Judah. Correct. So like you got it. <laughs> thanks. I'll, I'll give you an A minus on that. What? You left out some detail. There's I'm, always room for improvement. Okay, I'm going to I'm going to fit in the details right now. Basically, all you need to know is just like the Israelites are sinning by worshipping idols. God's going to punish them for this sin by letting Assyria like take them over. Yep. Um and so when we talk about that in terms of the Babylonian exile, it's like but then he forgives them because they're his chosen people because when Persia conquered Babylon, they let the Jews go back to Judah. In Israel, that didn't happen. So the Assyrians took them over, deported them, scattered them, and they never returned to Israel. They're the 10 lost tribes of Israel. Quote, Correct. Quote. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah. So we're with Hosea. He's in the northern kingdom mm -hmm. just before the Assyrians take over. That's the place with all the worst kings. Yeah. For some reason, all the worst kings end up in this place. According to the Bible, like, the northern kingdom was extremely sinful. <laughs> and the southern kingdom was like... just. Just very sinful. Very, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, so should we dive into Hosea? Yes. Okay, so there's this prophet named Hosea. That's all we know about him. 
That's pretty much all we'll learn. And, well, we're going to learn a lot about his attitudes toward women. Uh, God commands him to, quote, Take to yourself an adulterous wife and children of unfaithfulness, because the land is guilty of the vilest adultery in departing from the Lord. So this reminds me of Ezekiel, because Ezekiel was told to do all these weird things. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, to like represent God's frustration with Israel. Mm-hmm. He had to like lay on his side for 390 days and he had to dig through his walls by hand. Yeah, yeah. All these weird metaphorical actions that he's supposed to take. So this is another one of those, except it's go find an adulterous wife. Yes. So he marries a woman named Gomer. Mm-hmm. I mean, probably Gomer is probably. Oh, that sounds nicer that Yeah, way. it does sound We can call nicer. it Gomer though. Um. She is described as a prostitute in some translations, uh, an adulteress in some translations. I don't know if there's really a I mean, distinction between those terms as far as the Bible is concerned. That's a good point. Except one of them is making that paper. Right. Yeah. So it's it's unclear which, I don't know. I don't think it matters to whoever wrote the Bible. They're just like, ugh, <laughs> gross. It, it definitely slut, doesn't matter. Bad um, they have three children, Hosea and Gomer. Well, do they have them? Do they have them? She, well, it's worded in such a way mm-hmm. that it's possible that only the first child is Hosea's. The other two might not be his. Right. They might be. It's just kind of unclear. Well, she is adulterous after She all. is, yeah, she is adulterous. And God makes them name the kids these terrible names. The first one is... Jezreel, which means God will scatter. The next one is Lo Ruhamah, which is not loved. Mine is not pitied. Not pitied. Oh, that makes more sense because, um, I mean, that's not like the Hebrew word for love that I learned. Right. But I figured it might just be an archaic word. And then the last one is Lo Ami, or not my people. Mm -hmm. Because, quote, you are not my people and I am not your God. (laughs) So God is just out there messing in people's lives, ruining families. Yeah, and these kids have to just like walk around as living metaphors <laughs> um, with names like not loved just so that God can make a point, which he was already going to make via like major military defeat and like mass death and like the annihilation of a kingdom. Yeah, but, but it's about how pure the prophecy first is, First he had baby. to like Hose- show that these <laughs> children weren't loved hosea is living this prophecy though he's living the prophecy yeah it's like pura vida you know (laughs) i just made that up and his wife is cheating on him because israel is cheating on god that's right with bail bail and other bails and yeah and the rest of the bails so there's some wordplay in here right which is that bail means husband oh it means like lord I think it used to also be so, meant for husband. That makes sense. Yeah. Oh, I didn't realize that. Chapter two is a poem mm-hmm. that it's it's pretty confusing because it it like presents Israel as an unfaithful wife, right. you know, like like Gomer, and it's also possibly supposed to be like Hosea, like yelling at gomer and like divorcing her yes but it's like very obviously not about a wife and husband because it like 
mentions bail all the time, you know? I think it's partially wordplay. And the, the poem is super weird because it's from Hosea's point of view or from the husband's point of view. Maybe. Yeah, it's from like a, a husband's, a point, husband's of view, yeah. point of view. It starts and off like, rebuke your mother for she is not my wife and I am not her husband. Yelling at the kids to tell their mother yeah. to stop whoring or he'll strip her naked and kill her with thirst. Yes. Also. That's pretty fucked up. I know. <laughs> Also, um, I will wall her in so that she cannot find her way. She will chase after her lovers, but not catch them. She has not acknowledged that I was the one who gave her grain, who lavished on her the silver and gold, which they used for bail. <laughs> it like switches like pronouns mid sentence. Yeah, like, you're right, it does. It's like who are you? Who are we talking about? And it's one of those things where it uh, it exposes too much psychology. It's like, wait, who are you really mad at? I know, you know? and also it's like major, He's- major like nice guy tm vibes you know (laughs) like oh she doesn't appreciate that i like lavished her with grain and silver and she just keeps dating these bad boys who like ride motorcycles and bad bales control the rain (laughs) (laughs) and it's fucked up that he's yelling at his kids about it yeah it's like why are why are you getting your kids involved yes like this is the worst thing that you could do yeah from a parenting perspective again i say this as someone who is not a parent right yeah but can barely care for plants frankly who has never held a baby but (laughs) yeah uh so then in in chapter three (laughs) hosea i guess seems to reconcile with gomer um and takes her back even though like it's not like it's not super clear that they like broke up or like were divorced it's referred to as a divorce in commentary yeah but like I think it's just super weird to read that poem that way because it's like keeps mentioning bail, you know, like if his wife is cheating on him with bail. <laughs> I think so. I think it's the wordplay. It's like the, his with her lords or whatever. OK, because I'm like, if if she's cheating on him with like an actual like fertility God, I think he should. He should back off. Yeah, he should not. Like, he should he's know not, when he's beat. <laughs> he's not going to win that particular fist fight, you know. <laughs> it's funny that. Bale is the one putting horns on him. Oh, <laughs> I don't think Bale actually has horns. I think he does. I think only Baphomet has horns. Look, as far as I can tell, they all got horns. They're all goat demons. So he buys her for 15 shekels of silver and about a homer and a lethek of barley. <laughs> Do you want to hear some possible interpretations for this? Sure. One is that she had fallen so far into whoredom. That she was like owned by a pimp uh-huh. and he had to buy her back. Uh-huh. Other is that she, her wanton ways got her into such debt that she had to go into slavery. Yeah. And he has to buy her back. Yeah. Something like that is implied. It's certainly unpleasant, whatever it is. Yeah, whatever it is, it's it's not pleasant to think about. And, um, but they get back together on- <laughs> I was told the Bible would be pleasant. <laughs> I, I mean- no one told me the Bible was going to be pleasant, per mm-hmm. se, but, like, when I was growing up, I did not think there was, like, so much about prostitution. <laughs> like, that was definitely hidden from me. This is, so, uh, yeah. Um, we'll talk about it. We'll talk We'll about talk it. about it. So they get back together on one condition, which is, you are to live with me many days, you must not be a prostitute or be intimate with any man, and I will live with you. And he won't be intimate with her. Oh, really? That's part of the deal, too. Yeah. So it's uh, like you can't have sex with anyone and to punish you for your 
transgressions, I will not have sex with you. Oh, that's so gross. Isn't it super gross? Yeah. Like I, the note I took here was the saddest renewal of vows of all time. Oh. <laughs> so <laughs> the first three chapters that we've just discussed are noted in the scholarly notes of my uh, NIV. Mm-hmm. And they mark these chapters as a, quote, special problem. Oh, another special problem. So the last time there was a special problem, quote unquote, (laughs) um, was way back in the book of Numbers. I had to go to the special clinic and get it (laughs) taken care of. It was way back in the book of Numbers. That was our fourth episode ever. Mm -hmm. Which, and that book gives like very specific numbers of like people who are wandering the desert for 40 years with Moses. Right. And um, the numbers make no sense. Like it would be like millions of people. <laughs> um, so the Bible, my my Bible's notes mark that as a special problem. So here the special problem is supposedly that scholars aren't sure whether these chapters are supposed to be allegorical or literal. Well, isn't That's it- not like a special problem. That's the entire Bible. Yeah, that is the problem. That's not a special. Yeah, exactly right. That's like the... The problem that happens on every page of the Bible. And I don't know. Isn't that a literary device? Like, uh, I mean, we've been through. Think of all the things that we've been through in, the, in these episodes so far. Like, like my Bible did not have any special problems with <laughs> three men dancing in a furnace and not getting burned. Like Elijah ascending to heaven in a chariot of fire. Like Saul waking Samuel from the dead. Yeah. Seeing the throne of God born on. Yeah. Geometrically impossible wheels. Yeah. Like, that all, like, that was plausible. But marrying a prostitute? Oh, my God. How, is this for real? I can't believe it. This is not, this is just unbelievable. This can't be true. Who would marry a prostitute? It's like, actually, that's the only, like, realistic, like, that's the most realistic thing. I know thing. one guy who married a prostitute. He had long hair and some crazy ideas. <laughs> Are you talking about Jesus Christ? I think so. And Mary Magdalene? Yeah. Oh, you read about this in the, uh. The Book of Da Vinci. That's right. The Book of Da Vinci. We haven't gotten to that particular apocryphon yet. Apocryphoid. I found out apocryphon is the actual singular. Is that true? Yep. Ring, Um, ring, 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 ring. Apocryphon. Apocryphon. (laughs) So then the next next 10 chapters, chapters 4 through 14, are... um, Poetry, much like what we've seen. Some of that good old apocalyptic nonsense. Yeah. Um, you know, it's all about how Israel is sinful and idolatrous and God's going to punish them for their sin. Now, despite using the, like, allegorical sex worker story, uh-huh. I feel like the poetry here is not actually, like, that much more focused on allegorical prostitution than, say... Jeremiah? No, I don't think so. But they they come from the same source, if you know what I'm saying. This this same like deep hatred of women. Yeah. <laughs> well, a lot of things come from that source in our society. Well, very specifically, these two pieces of work. Yeah. And they are real pieces of work. If, if you know, what you know I'm talking I don't about. know. Um. So I just wrote down some some good quotes from those chapters. Yeah, I like the way this prayer starts. Or not prayer, but this sort of prophecy i guess yeah it's a prophecy um because it's talking this this particular writer or whoever assembled this was real obsessed with the priests and how badly they're letting everybody down Mm. maybe this was not written by a levite maybe you know maybe 
we've had some books in the past where it was like this was clearly written by a Levite because all they care about is like how, how much like the <laughs> priests get paid and like <laughs> what they get to take. Yeah. It mentions how corruption spreads from unpious priests to the people, and it's like the greatest crime that you can commit is to spread that corruption. It also tells us wine and new wine take away the understanding. And I got to say, I have no argument there. <laughs> I was going to say, I'm very confused by that, and I don't get it. Oh, <laughs> well, you're drinking rum. There's no reason for you to be confused. Yeah, it's like you're not drinking sh- wine. sugar wine, right? I mean, it is like sugar wine. I don't understand. Uh, I have uh, Ephraim. That's, that's another word for the northern kingdom, northern right? kingdom yeah. of Israel. Ephraim mixes with the nations. Ephraim is a flat cake not turned over. <laughs> Foreigners sap his strength, but he does not realize it. His hair is sprinkled with gray, but he does not notice. Oh, I th- I think it gives him a distinguished look. I know. I'm like, so when Israel's personified as a woman, it's like, <laughs> ew, gross, slut, whore. And then it's like, when he's a man, it's like, mm, there's a little salt and pepper. <laughs> salt and pepper to taste. <laughs> yeah, the prophecies run down all the greatest hits of the reasons why Israelites get destroyed. Dealing falsely with God, worshiping idols, intermarriage, getting help from outside the nation. It's very petty, and it's the same stuff we've read many times. Mm-hmm. Yep. Apparently, according to chapter 6, God punishes not to annihilate, but in order to inspire repentance. Mm. Thanks, God. Yeah. Super, uh, that's great. Working. I mean, you didn't really follow through on that because those 10 tribes got annihilated. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good point. I wrote down... Uh, What can I do with you, Ephraim? What can I do with you, Judah? Your love is like the morning mist, like the early dew that disappears. Therefore, I cut you into pieces with my prophets. I killed you with the words of my mouth. (laughs) (laughs) That's good. Um, This has a series of metaphors that it compares Ephraim to. Um, Grapes, a young palm, luxuriant vine, a heifer, and a beloved child. Mm. Some of them are famous. It also is obsessed with this place called Gilgal. Which yeah. it's, it says is the source of evil. I don't know what that is. I know what it is. I, oh. looked, I looked it up in the oh. Jewish encyclopedia. Will you tell me more? Of course. Gilgal is the place where God accepted Israel's request for a king against his better wishes. Mm. Did they have a mass circumcision there? Almost certainly. I feel like there was another mass circumcision there. Yeah, you got to gill that gall, baby. I mean, God is all about gilling that gall. It's not going to gill itself. It's not. Um... I like this line. So litigation springs up like poisonous weeds in the furrows of the fields. This is litigation against God, I guess. I guess. He's Or is it just like, you know, people in Israel, they're just like suing over nothing. Like they need uh, to chill out. Tort reform. Yeah. yeah. That's like, what it's really maybe about. Maybe it's about tort reform. <laughs> Why doesn't our nation want to have a national conversation about tort reform? <laughs> We're always focused on these sexy issues like people dying in the streets. Like we, what we need to talk about is tort reform. I mean, we, we kind of do. We need to talk about a lot of things. First of all, Kevin. <laughs> Number so, one on our priority list is Kevin. As far as I know, that conversation has not been resolved. Uh, here's a good one. Because your sins are so many and your hostility so great, the prophet is considered a fool, the inspired man a maniac. <laughs> so this is basically just Hosea going... Oh, so now I'm the crazy one just because I march around town yelling at everyone about how God hates my whore ex-wife. Oh, yeah. It's like, oh, you know. I'm the weird one just because I named my kids like super aggro metaphorical names. 
It's like if I named my kid Bush did 9-11 and then got like super fucking pissed and was like, well, God told me to. Fuck you. School, sued the school district because yeah. kids were making fun of him? Yeah. <laughs> See, that's more of that. It's more of that litigation popping true. up in the field. It's like you knew that coffee was hot. It's like. And then you sue him for serving you hot coffee? Although that Who was cares actually, if it burned your entire skin off? Yeah, that's actually a crazy story. I know it is. <laughs> we could talk about tort reform all night, though. <laughs> I'd rather talk about tart reform. Oh, are you talking about a fruit tart? Are you talking about talking about Lady Gomer? I don't know. <laughs> she needs to be reformed, too. She's doing fine. <laughs> It's fucking Hosea that needs to be reformed. That's true. Chill the fuck out. Like, you knew what you were marrying into. Well, God, yeah, told him. To, yeah. Isn't that crazy how, like, it's all his prophecy is like this crazy justification for his fucked up life. Yeah. It's like part of the prophecy is that everyone will think he's crazy and, like, won't like him. It's like, okay, well, that's a little self-serving if you're crazy and people don't like you. And, and then like, another part of the prophecy is that God told him to go find a woman who would cheat on him. A woman who would cheat on him. This is, there's a lot of... This is insane (laughs) and (laughs) deeply upsetting. This is kind of like, what was it in... Is this divinely inspired stuff? It's like, remember in Ezekiel how like his wife died and then it was like, oh, but like, I didn't mourn her. That was Ezekiel, right? Or was it Jeremiah? That was Ezekiel. And now it's kind of like, oh yeah, my wife... Because that makes you look like a fucking crazy person. (laughs) But it's like now like, oh, my wife cheated on me, but like... God told me to marry her anyways. Like right. it's it has nothing to do with me. Yeah. Me and my crazy cuck fantasies. Right, yeah. <laughs> this is, I'm not getting off on this. I'm I not swear. saying that all cuck fantasies are crazy. Hey everybody. No kink shaming. No here. kink shaming here. Pay all the silver shekels that you want. Pay all the homers and lethics of barley. <laughs> We're not going to judge you. But we are going to judge Hosea cuz he's being a fucking dick about it. He is. Although God says I will not execute my fierce anger. I will not again destroy Ephraim. For I am God and no mortal, the Holy One in your midst, and I will not come in wrath. Yeah, but he did. He absolutely does right after that. Yeah. So, I don't know. Uh, Did you notice that, like, a lot of the quotes are about not just, like, promiscuity, quote unquote, but also, like, childbirth? Did you notice, like, the emphasis on not just sex, but, like, childbirth? No, I didn't. So, I wrote down... Um, like, give them wombs that miscarry and breasts that are dry. Yes. Um, Ephraim's go- glory will fly away like a bird. No birth, no pregnancy, no conception. Oh, my God. I don't know why that has to do with a bird. <laughs> well, um, birds uh, don't give birth. They're they're pregnant, though. I mean, they conceive. Eggs. I guess. I don't know. Anyway. Pains as of a woman in childbirth are given to Ephraim, but when the time arrives, he does not come to the opening of the womb. And, of course, uh, they will fall by the sword. Their pregnant women will be ripped open. I really didn't realize when I set out to read the Bible that I would read the phrase pregnant women get ripped open like 20 times. Yeah, like two dozen times. They just keep coming back to it. They really love that. That was never mentioned in Sunday school ever. Yeah, you're getting the hot shit here, people. This is stuff they won't teach you in Sunday school. Oh, my God. (laughs) Pregnant women being ripped open. I don't like it. Frankly, I think we should move on. It's been a while, but I think we should check back in with the 
little boy's cool Bible. Oh, for, the Scorpion Skateboarding Bible. That's right, the Scorpion yes. Skateboard Bible. That you you read this for this book. Well, you didn't read your main thing in it. You read your NRSV as usual. I have not seen any of this. Okay, it's dope. It's dope. This was brought to us by Greg um, for our Job episode, and yes. he very kindly left it behind. And it's got some dope stuff in it because it's cool and for boys. Yeah. Um, I probably should plug my ears because it's like not for girls. I mean, it's not for girls. So like girls can't skateboard or be scorpions. That's a good point. All scorpions are boys, as we know. Um, and all spiders are girls. That's true. Like and Charlotte's they, Web. They get together and then they have kids. Yep. I read about it in the Internet. <laughs> um, this little call out section is called Get Stronger. And the subhead is, adultery is not for me. <laughs> okay. This is for like like prepubescent boys, by the way. This yes. is for like 12 years and under. It says, the marriage relationship between a husband and wife is the most sacred relationship on the earth. It's one of the closest illustrations of a Christian's relationship to God. That's why God told Hosea to marry Gomer, a woman he knew would be unfaithful in marriage. God wanted Hosea to understand the pain he felt when the people of Israel were unfaithful to him. Big number seven of the Ten Commandments says, you shall not commit adultery. Adultery is when a married person has sexual relations <gasps> with someone other than their husband or wife. It's a pretty straight, straightforward yep. definition of it. God strongly warned against adultery in many other places in the Bible. Why? Because it destroys relationships and families. <laughs> That's why God wants us to honor the marriage relationship and stay faithful. As a man of God, you should already be committing in your heart to be a faithful partner to your future wife. Okay. Are you ready for that? I mean, that, oh, I mean. All right. Get a load of this All is right. literally the name of this call out. It's, okay. This is the skateboard with a crab on it. It's a crab. It's not a scorpion. It's got but no tail. Why does a crab skateboard? It's also got 10 legs. What is, is it a tick? Is it a very large tick? It's not worth thinking about, but it is rad. Nar nar. <laughs> check out Hosea 512. I'm it's, checking. It's better to have God as a father and a provider and a guide to you than a moth who eats your favorite clothes, a rot that destroys your house, and a lion that tears you in pieces. Um, yeah, <laughs> that would be better. Wait, does it actually say that? Yes, it does. Oh my God. All right, get a load of this. God. It's another skateboard, except this one's got cool ass, like swirly. Geometric designs. Oh on yeah, it? yeah. It's got the spirals. Mm, yeah, there's two it's a different spiral board. Yeah, there's two different ones. Ifrim is a flat cake not turned over. Oh, does it explain this? It does. Oh my god. This is like a pancake burned on one side and doughy on the other. Can you imagine your mom serving you that for breakfast? <laughs> You'd sure hope the dog was under the table. <laughs> but like that doesn't actually <laughs> help me understand. I still mm, don't get the metaphor. That's because you're a girl. Oh shit. If you were a cool boy, you'd know. All right. Well, I am taking to heart that I should never serve my non-existent children a pancake that is burnt on one side and uncooked on the other. Mm -hmm. Oh, here we go. Oh, and to wrap it up, there's another call out here called Make It Stick, where you cut out these sections, I guess, and turn them into sticky notes. Um, what? You're supposed to cut it out? That's what it looks like. Although there is Bible on the back of it. Yeah, so you can't. God knows. Okay. okay. And God knows all. First of all, a Zondervan knows. <laughs> that's a little. That's a little Bible publisher joke for you. <laughs> I don't know. If you like that, you might be in the right place. You, this like, might be the podcast don't for you. Know how like big a fucking deal Zondervan was to me growing up. Okay, keep going. 
A garden full of fruit and vegetables symbolizes rich blessings. That's why God said Israel would be like olives, grapes, and grain if they obeyed him. Take a walk in your garden, or down the fruit and veggie aisles of a supermarket, and think about God's promise of blessing if you obey him. What are two of your favorite blessings? What are two of your favorite fruits and veggies? (laughs) Okay, Uh, my two favorite fruits and veggies are apples and avocados, and my favorite blessings are getting hella rich and getting laid. <laughs> the money Did I cat, do it right? The money cat is going to visit you? And, yeah. And the sex cat? Yeah. Well, just God is going to bless me with those things by throwing apples and avocados at me or something. I think that's all the wisdom that this boy's Bible, boy style, can provide us. Well, I um, didn't hear any of it. I can't remember a single word you said because I'm a girl. That's right. And your girl brain cannot process this. Um, but... To to return to the book of Hosea, uh, it ends by basically saying that, like, God will forgive the Israelites and he'll restore them. Yeah, it'll um, all come back. That doesn't actually happen, IRL. <laughs> like, in the southern kingdom of Judah, they do get restored from the Babylonian exile. But in the northern kingdom, they do not. Uh, they're just destroyed by Assyria. They're scattered. They never return. Uh, and that sucks for them. That sucks. But we will return. After a short break. Yeah, you're going to hear some music, and then we'll be right back. Bye. Bye. Sunday School Dropouts. Thank you. (laughs) I'm Lauren. I'm Nico. And we are talking, or at least we were talking, about the book of Hosea. Yeah, but you lucky sons of bitches. I got in a two-for-one deal this episode. This is a classic Nico and Lauren twofer. So you may remember from our last episode on the book of Daniel that there were some apocryphal books um, that are apocryphal verses in... Like bonus chapters. Yeah. And um, so our guest, Scott Benson, talked about uh, Bell and the Dragon, which was great. Which was dope. Uh, but there was one little story, little chapter in there that we didn't have time to fit in. And so we decided to include it in this episode. For thematic reasons. Uh, yeah. So this story is called Susanna and the Elders. Um, if you have a Catholic Bible, it's in there. Mm-hmm. But it is not in the Protestant Bible or the Jewish Bible. So, uh Susanna and the elders. Susanna and the elders. There's a beautiful woman named Susanna. And the elders. And she's married to... Elders are her backing band, of course. (laughs) Oh, that would be such a good band name, Susanna (laughs) and the elders. Um, So anyway, she's she's married to a guy named Joachim, Mm -hmm. or like Joachim. 
And there's these two pervy church elders <laughs> who... Joachim's a respected man in the community. He's rich. He's pious. Yeah. Um, he has meetings of the elders at his house because he's got a nice house and the elders have got to meet somewhere. And they notice his wife is real hot. Mm-hmm. So two of them like... Perv on her super hard. Yeah. And they go and hide in the garden where she bathes. And then when she's out there and she gets naked, they pop out and they're like, hey consent to have sex with us or we'll say we saw you having sex with some other guy really stretching the definition of consent i know i know extreme (laughs) like we're gonna talk about this but they're gonna say if she if she won't have sex with them then they're gonna say that uh they saw her rolling with some young guy yeah and then like we know from the book of deuteronomy that the penalty is death Mm -hmm. and we know that from the book of deuteronomy like the definition of rape is that it cannot happen in a city. Because a woman should can and should cry out. Yeah, so if she screams in a city, there, there will always be someone around to hear her. Mm-hmm. If a rape happens in the countryside and there's no one to hear her scream, then it's, then it's rape. Then it's the man's fault. And yeah. then the man is put to death, but not the woman. Right. But if two people who aren't married have sex in a city, then they're both put to death. Correct. So one thing I'd like to say, uh one thing I'd like to say before we go on is that before the elders enact their creepy plan Mm -hmm. where they like stay after the meeting and watch her bathing, Mm -hmm. they individually both both have like develop an obsession for her. And then they're like leaving a meeting one time and and then they they like circle back. They circle back and they're like, hey, what are you doing here? It's like, what are you doing here? Oh, I was just going to blackmail this girl and rape her. I I was going to do that, too. No way. That's so funny. Let's do let's go have these. (laughs) So, yeah. So then Suzanne is, you know, she's in a bit of a uh, a pickle. <laughs> where? Oh, Suzanne's in a bit of a pickle. A bit of a pickle where she can either get raped or put to death. <laughs> a real problem. Uh, so it's like very, yeah, it's very horrifying. And she, of but course. But it is written kind of cutesy. It's written kind of folktale-y, cutesy style. How do you mean cutesy? I mean, in comparison to like women having their pregnant bellies ripped open. Uh huh. In comparison, in comparison to the like dark prophecies we've seen, maybe it's just because it's it's relatively condensed. Yeah, and yeah. I mean, it's obviously it's, it's more it's like a folktale. Fucking horrifying, but it's in a a folktale. Yes, I understand that rape is not cutesy. No, 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 no. I wasn't. I wasn't meaning to say that you thought that. Um, so she, of course, does the righteous thing. Well, By be- not, quote unquote, consenting to having sex with them. The way it's written is w- after they ask her for sex, it says, Susanna groaned. <laughs> oh, my not um, heaved a deep sigh. Oh, that's good, too. Either way, it's like, now I got to deal with these <laughs> chuckle fucks. Just another couple dick swinging pieces of shit <laughs> trying to ruin my day. Just trying to take a shower. Just trying to get clean. I know, girl. That's what I say. That's what you say? You know? You've been here? Uh, I haven't been there, oh, but okay. I appreciate the groan. <laughs> As an experienced... A, a, an experienced a, groaner. A seasoned complainer. Oh, I see. Um, yeah, so she doesn't quote-unquote consent to have sex with them as if, like, have sex with us or we'll have you killed is, is like... any form of is consent. remotely right. close to consent. Uh, and so she screams 
And so her servants come rushing out. The old men go scurrying away. Well, they don't go scurrying away. They tell their lie. Oh, they do. They do. They say, oh, you know, you just missed it. Some young guy just ran away. They were boning under the tree. These is another story of some cuck fantasy. Uh, no, it's all fine. It's like all cuckoldry in here. It's like a fucking obsession. The story that they tell is like she met some young attractive guy and started getting down with she him. She met like, some young Canaanite rain god. <laughs> His dick was as tall as a mountain. Yeah. <laughs> so. So anyway, she gets put on trial. The elders testify against her. Everyone believes them because they're like respected church elders and mm-hmm. she's just a sinful harlot or whatever. <laughs> and uh, but then someone speaks up from the crowd and it's Daniel, <laughs> a.k.a. Generic hero man that we're calling Daniel, okay. so we can group it with these other folk tales in the book of Daniel. <laughs> right, yeah. AKA Phoenix Wright, or AKA <laughs> Sherlock Holmes, yeah. or AKA whatever. Encyclopedia Brown, kind of, because here's what he does. She she tried a lot of rape cases. Encyclopedia Brown? Mm-hmm. She? Is Encyclopedia Brown not a she? Encyclopedia Brown's a little boy. I never read it, sorry. What? I assumed it was a lady. Encyclopedia, it ends in an A. No, but it's like. Encyclopedia? Why would they make a little girl smart in a children's <laughs> book? That's never happened. Hermione was smart. Oh, that's true. Different times. Um, well, what he does is a very Encyclopedia Brown uh, uh, sort of trick, which is he it's separates. Actually, it's Frankenstein's monster. Yes, he separates <laughs> the two elders and he asks them separately what kind of tree they saw Susanna having sex under. And they both give nonsense answers. One says a mastic tree <laughs> and one says an evergreen oak tree. I've never heard of either of those trees. And also that's like supposed to be proof that they're lying, but like you could just like misremember the Who tree. Who knows from trees yeah. also? <laughs> like, These are elders. Yeah, they're like clerics. They're not like... Treemen. Yeah, they're not treemen. Mm-hmm. But they're that's... They're not green boys. <laughs> that's... That's proof that they're lying and they're put to death and everyone else lives happily ever after. For bearing false witness, yeah. They brought it on themselves. I mean, they did. I mean, they did. They were going to either rape this girl or have her put to death. So that is like pretty grave sin. Pretty much pure evil. I mean, it's pretty much pure evil, yeah. (laughs) And you know who did a painting of it? Uh, Your girl Artemisia? My girl Artemisia Gentileschi. So you can look that up too. That's... Another one of her paintings about... I was reading that it's popularly portrayed as the elders peeking her on her when she's bathing, but in the text, she never actually gets to bathing. Oh, really? She never does. I know. I didn't realize that because I... Before... Like, I didn't even know this was, like, in the Bible. Mm-hmm. I only knew the painting version of it, mm. which is... Well, There, it's like them... She's not bathing, but she's naked. <laughs> she's just, like, chilling naked. And they're like, hur, hur, I mean, if you're stacked hur. like that, why wouldn't you be naked? Most I mean, of the time? yeah, if you got to flaunt it. Uh, so that's uh, that's the book of Susanna or the chapter of Susanna and the Elders. That's a fun little diversion. Another take on what the Bible thinks of women. Yeah, there's two kinds of women. There's the virgin and the whore. Mm-hmm. This one, I guess, is not technically a virgin because she's married, but she might as well be. Yes, but considering how pious she is. Mm-hmm. It's also supposedly one of the first, like, court procedurals or one of the first detective stories. Oh, really? 
in the way that he like cross examines her. Interesting. Uh, cross examines the elders. That is. Yeah. Huh. I also just like the idea that <laughs> the idea that she's like so righteous because she doesn't want to be raped. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like um, that's not. <laughs> it's like well, you have two garbage choices. <laughs> it's like. Oh, she's not like most women. She wouldn't consent to be raped by two strangers, you know? Like, <laughs> the two weird old, not, old goat men. Yeah, that's not fucking what most women are. Like, that's not, that's just unacceptable. Everything is unacceptable. This I whole, agree. This whole thing about women in the Bible is unacceptable. Yeah, we're packing it in, everybody. That's all of the women in the Bible that we're ever talking about. Well, probably for the next several books, actually. Oh, we'll see. We'll see. I guess we'll see. I mean, I'm sure there'll be more, like, metaphorical whores. (laughs) Yeah, and I'm kidding, of course. We're not packing it in. First of all, we don't have anywhere to put it. Second of all, I don't know what that means. It's the weight of history. Where's it going to (laughs) fit? Can't ship it. Well, it could be extremely dense. What if the weight of history were condensed to a single point? Um, I think that would be an extremely boring thought experiment. (laughs) What do you think? I think you're right. I think. I think you schooled me. (laughs) What did you think of uh, the book of Hosea slash also Susanna and the Elders that we tacked on there? asking me to rate this book? I'm asking. Okay. Well, let's do it. Fucking rate this book. So for the book of Hosea, I will give it two out of ten cuck fantasies. (laughs) Okay. I'm going to keep the book. I'm going to keep the Susanna story separate. Okay. Because uh, that doesn't feel fair to me. Okay. And even though it's only like three pages long or uh-huh. whatever, I'm going to... Like not even. It's like one page. Yeah. I'm going to give it, I don't know, like eight out of 16 horny goats. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, Hosea, look. Wait, there's no goats in there. Th- there's some old goats trying to mm, mack on... Some old goats. Yeah, mack on that pious lady. <laughs> I, it's because they're horny. Oh, I see. Mm-hmm. I thought they were the greatest of all time. And I was like, they're not the greatest. They're like practically the worst. They're <laughs> wotes. The reasons I think should be pretty clear from our discussion, but it's grossly misogynistic. Yeah. Uh, it's insane. It seems like a strange paranoid fantasy that somebody wrapped God into. Um, that being said, some of the language is pretty evocative. Uh, the poems are, are kind of nice when they pop up, but it's all ground that we've covered before. Yeah, I was going to give Hosea two out of 14 metaphorical marriages <laughs> because, yeah, it's just like it's I mean, it's not that long. You can go through it pretty quick, but it feels like forever mm-hmm. because it's just on and on and on about only the first three chapters have anything new in them really yeah. and the thing that they have new in them is, is terrifying some remarkably unpleasant stuff where god i know it's not actually the way that this is taught in like religious places but it seems like god is uh endorsing domestic violence yeah and like, and like to- child abuse it's like child, child abuse, abuse to like- name your kid like unloved and also to put all this like psychological shit on them like i'm gonna kill your mother if she doesn't stop whoring around. Yeah. Is, which is what he tells them. Yeah. That's fucked up. Yeah. And this is God telling him to do this? This is some divine inspiration? Yeah. Like, that's massively unacceptable. Um, And then Susanna and the elders, I'll give it like, yeah, like five out of ten mastic trees or whatever. Like, that, 
at least is a good story mm-hmm. with like a beginning, middle, and end, and like a little bit of forensics in the middle. Yeah, a little like, bit of forensics, yeah. a little bit of uh, like a, like a little twist. But it's just the other. It's just the flip side of the coin, yeah. you know, where it's like women are either like dirty, shameful whores, or they're like pure virgins. And in neither story does the woman have any agency of any kind. Right. It's just men making decisions around her. Right. Well, I guess she makes the decision not to get raped. Yeah. To choose to be put to death rather than get raped, which is like. Not really like a choice. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, It's It's an upsetting thing to choose between because it's false. And it's not presented with like the appropriate. It's like she (laughs) sighed. It's like, oh, I can't believe I have to choose between rape and the death penalty again. (laughs) And it's like, those are like the worst things ever. Like, (laughs) this is not a snappy folktale that's like very, very horrible. Sounds like we're in agreement. Yes. You know what's not deeply unpleasant? What? Listener mail. Oh, listener mail is actually quite pleasant. It is very pleasant, both for the sender and the receiver. If you know what I mean. (laughs) Do you want to uh, read our first listener mail? I would love to. Our listener Patrick writes in and says, Hi, y'all. I'm an ex-Roman Catholic Sunday school teacher at a rather non-traditional Baptist church in Georgia. I love the podcast. I've downloaded every episode to date, and I'm recommending you to my fellow church members. They're also loving it. Oh, my God. I'm, I'm sad. I'm I scared. I especially scared. wanted to say thanks for the series of episodes on the books of Samuel, especially the one on 2 Samuel. I laughed out loud when y'all came to the same conclusion on King David that my second and third graders did, namely, he's a real fuck-up. <laughs> thanks for doing what you do. I look forward to the coming episodes. Well, first of all, I got to say, sounds like you got to bright-eyed and brilliant group of second and third graders that's true yes and kind of (laughs) (laughs) foul-mouthed they sound like they got moxie though they got spunk yeah they got zazz yeah got bottle (laughs) so they say in inglaterra (laughs) nice uh nice international thing we're really broadening our uh our demo there yeah (laughs) anyway patrick uh we a million percent appreciate you giving your recommendation to your fellow church members. I know. I'm sort of horrified. I want just, I'm sorry to all of them. We're going to keep saying at the top of every podcast that it's not <laughs> yeah. a Bible study podcast. And you know who it's for? Everybody. But look, I'm glad that you're enjoying it. And I hope they enjoy it as well. If you're listening, any Patrick's church members, uh, what's up? This one's out for you. <laughs> Hats off to you. <laughs> uh, this is from our listener, Chester. He asked, if we could jot down our favorite Bible threats and curses as we find them to mention on the podcast. He says, you guys might not get a chance to use them, but I have two cats, so I'm forever looking for new curses to utter. And if and you do, please feel free to curse me and or my boys, 50 Cent, a tabby, and Solid Snake, Tux, on air. <laughs> and he sent some amazing pictures of his cats. Uh, I myself am frenemies with a tuxedo cat named Louise. <laughs> And so I understand the need for curses. So we want to lay out a new rule on the show. This is a new rule, and this will go down till the end of time. Yeah. If you want us to curse your cats, we will do it. Yeah, but you have to send us a picture. You have to send us a picture of the cat, or we cannot formulate the curse properly. Yeah, this that's is true. Basic. God's wrath will not be rained down upon them in the full measure if we don't see a picture of this them. This is basic curse stuff, people. <laughs> okay? Anyway, I'd like to take that opportunity to say... I will pour out my wrath on you like water, Solid Snake. 50 Cent, float away like a twig on the surface of the waters. <laughs> I hope that I hope that was good for you, too. And both of those cats, 
I'm going to make them live in tents again. <laughs> oh, no. When, when did they live in tents before? I don't know, but I bet it was a bad time. I bet it was a bad time, frankly. So that'll wrap up our show. Uh, one thing we did want to mention is that we're going to be traveling for two weeks. We're going to be in Spain and Portugal. So we're hoping that the podcast will just post as normal. And then this will all fade into your memory and it will be worthless. Uh, but there might be, we might end up having to uh, take a week or two off. So just wanted to give you a heads up. Uh, we'll we'll post about it on Twitter. If yeah. you want to follow us on Twitter, it's at Sunschool Drop. Um, we'll post about it on Facebook too if anything happens. So Yeah, we um, hope everything will be totally normal. Uh, but if anything looks weird, check out the Twitter. You'll you'll get the skinny. Oh, the skinny. Mm-hmm. The 411. The 401k. <laughs> oh, the 401k. Very lucrative. <laughs> What a wise investment. Uh, and uh, what else? You can follow me on Twitter at Lauren E. O'Neill. Elise Carlton did our art and our logo. Thank you very much, Elise. And thank you also to Nico, who does our music and our sound engineering and our editing. If you want, we would really, really love it if you'd rate us on iTunes. Yeah, you can be one of the elite crowd, one of the brilliant and bright, shining human beings that have left us a review on iTunes. Something like... Team Willow, who said five out of five kinsmen redeemers. Or you could be like Mech64, who said, it's great. It's great. <laughs> Title, it's great. Review, it's great. You could be like Mr. Boogaloo, who gave us 11 out of 10 cupbearers, which is a faulty fraction, if you ask me. Uh, baby. But he did say. Do not insult this man's math. He or she, I guess it's a he, unless it's a she, who said super cathartic for this ex-Catholic. A must-listen for heathens, and certainly a listen-if-you-have-a-sense-of-humor for believers. And that's, I think, a fair review of it. Yes, I, that's super kind. Thank you so much. We love hearing from, or at least I love hearing from other ex-believers. Um, it just makes me feel like uh, like I have solidarity and uh, a community out there that I didn't know I had. Well, you got a community right here. Of course, you knew you had me here. Yeah, I knew, I knew about you, yeah. So you're developing you're, a fresh one. You're in the same room as me, like, like 17 hours a day. <laughs> trying to get up to 18 <laughs> and on that note we're going to leave you uh, i hope you've had a wonderful time we have as well of course my name is nico bakulich i'm lauren o'neill and we will see you on sunday bye, bye.